My name is Haley Winter. You're listening to How's the Pressure, a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes in the world of massage. So this time I'm going to switch things up a little bit. And instead of going to interview someone in the massage field like a therapist or an educator or a business owner, I'm actually just going to talk to a friend. And not just any friend, but a friend who started out as a client. My friend and client is Muhammad El Hassan. And his wife, Jennifer, although she's not part of this conversation, also falls into those categories for me. Now, Muhammad is an outgoing and loquacious individual, and that should be pretty easy to pick up on. He's also an engineer by trade, so you'll understand a little how his mind works. But crossing the professional boundary and initiating a friendship with a client is, frankly, something that just happens. There are therapists who believe it should never happen, or those who believe it should be avoided at all costs, but I don't think that's very realistic. And I think it's much better to think about and prepare for what might happen than it is to push away and repress your reasonable desires when they arise. The problem, I think, is that we as therapists tend to avoid the planning process. We're afraid of it. We prefer to just let it happen, which opens us up to unnecessary risk. What I didn't bring up in this conversation, and in retrospect, I really wish I had, is that I have had a personal experience with turning a client into a friend, only to have that friendship endure some difficulties and then lose them as a client. Now me and that person are still friends, but the loss of them as a client remains. And it's situations like that which inspired me to make this episode. I hope you find this conversation useful. There were a lot of directions I could have gone here, and I'm happy to revisit the subject later on from a different angle. But at this time, we just kept the conversation to three parts. How we crossed that boundary, what was at risk when we did it, and what we would do differently if we could do it over again. So here I give you my conversation with Muhammad El Hassan. Welcome, Muhammad. I, I just waved. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you in uh, to talk with me today because I think we're going to touch on a subject that a lot of a lot of massage therapists come into when they're working, and massage students wonder about this when they're getting their education. Like, what happens? When I meet someone and there's a connection, you know, for some people it's the romantic connection, for other people it's just the friendship connection. Um, for us, uh, sadly, it's just the the friendship connection. Um, I'm still holding out hope. Well, you, don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right, good to know. Good to know. But uh, I think it's important to have the conversation. Like, how did we navigate that that path, that process, and what is it? Uh, what did we risk and how did we do it and how could we have done it better? So um, I think just to give a little bit of context, what's your your memory of how our friendship started? Like what was there like an instant like, oh, now we're kind of crossing into the friend zone? You were pointed out to me by a friend of my wife um, and she said, oh, this guy's really good. You should give him a try. So I was like, okay, I'll give him a try. And we, we, we made an appointment. I came in and I saw you and uh, immediately I thought, this guy is really good, so I'm going to keep coming. And then uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a talker. You know, I talk to my barber. I talk to, <laughs> I talk to, I talk to my dentist. I talk to whoever it is that I'm kind of just forced to sit there while they do something. 
And so I talked to you, and uh, you were very uh, patient. Thank you. You were not like, God, won't this guy just shut up already? That you know about. Uh, that I know about. Um, and oh, this is changing everything. <laughs> this is going to change the story. And the story ends by, we are not friends. Goodbye. Um, and I remember one time I, uh, I, I had an appointment with you, and I showed up uh, maybe a little bit early. And uh, I came upstairs, and you said, uh, you're a little bit early. I was just going to go get some dinner at a place by by the by the office would you you know you can you can either wait here or you can come along if you want and i said oh okay and i think i had already eaten so i wasn't really uh done eat. we had sushi and we had a conversation and we had spoken right like i said i'm a talker and i thought oh, this guy's pretty cool he's really interesting he's got an interesting background and and uh he's got a, a really kind of mellow laid back personality and that's that's nice um, and you were all, you know, willing to indulge me. So already I'm predisposed. I'm positively sort of predisposed um, to you. And so we went and we had uh, dinner. It was a quick, quick sushi thing before the, the, the session. And I, I thought, man, this guy's really cool. This, I could really enjoy hanging out. And I think it was after that that I was like, uh, we should hang out more. Because at the time, I really didn't think of it as anything other than, oh, you know, I'm going to have dinner and you can either just sit around and be bored or you can come sit with me while I wolf down my sushi. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's one other thing that happened, which is that this pizza place opened up next to you uh, that I had been to a different uh, branch of it um, somewhere else in town. And I, I was ranting about like, oh, my God, this is the best deep dish pizza you'll ever have, et cetera, et cetera. And you were, you know, you were like, oh, okay. You sort of, you sort of ho hum about it, like you know, I don't want to. I'm not going to get drawn into your deep dish pizza craze, Muhammad. Uh, but I said, you know, yeah, we, you know, we should, you should come. Uh, you know, we, my wife and I come here frequently. You should, you just come with us one day. And she had been to see you also. I should point out um, to your listeners. So, so it made sense. Uh, that we would do that and, you know, you would try out the pizza place. And that's kind of the moment when, when you said, yeah, sure. That's the kind of moment where I thought, oh, this is, this is cool. It's nice. It's nice to have this sort of friendly relationship with Haley. Um, so in that moment, did, was there any, was there any fear at all? Like, was, was there any like, oh, well, we're kind of changing the terms of this relationship before it was professional. And now we're definitely kind of crossing into a friendship zone. Is that, it, did they, did it come with any risk for you that you were aware of? Um, at the time, I didn't think there was anything at risk because of my personality, and I'm pretty happy-go-lucky and optimistic and friendly, you know. Um, but thinking back on it, I think there were there were risks. I think there are uh, uh, for me there are two risks, and that and those two risks are shared with you. You will have the same two risks, and I think for you there's one additional risk. So if I if I could just break them down, risk number one is the emotional risk, right? You you have a uh, you start you know you think oh I want to be friends with this person, um, and you uh, embark on a relationship, and maybe after uh, hanging out a little bit, it turns out that you the person is not as cool as you thought. You know you met them in a specific context, and then outside of that context, they're um, you know they're they're not what you thought, and and they reject you. They could do it nicely they could not do it nicely 
Uh, but either way, it doesn't feel good when someone says, uh, you know what, maybe we shouldn't hang out anymore. Right. So that's a risk for me. And that's also a risk for you, right? I could, I could also say, wow, Haley, we had such a great rapport in the, uh, in, in the, in the room uh, or on the table or whatever. But n- outside of that, uh, no, thank you. Right. Um, so that's one risk. The second risk, I think, is the professional risk from my side is that, you know, I, uh, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, I had seen a lot of people. Uh, before uh, uh, before uh, my my wife's friend uh, recommended you, um, and I think you do a really good job. You do probably the best job of anyone that I've ever uh, you know worked with, and so I want to keep that. You know that that it takes time, it takes money, an investment of time and money to find someone to to who get who understands you know, so your unique problems, my unique problems. What you're saying is there's professional value yes. to our relationship. Yes, there is professional value to our relationship. We, well, sorry, there's a, a very big value to our professional relationship that having uh, a risky external friendship could affect. Yeah, it could jeopardize. That could jeopardize that, yeah. So those, I think those two risks are shared between you and I, especially if, if I had been a regular client or otherwise, an otherwise good client, someone who is always, you know, that pays their bill on time, is, shows is, up, pays is, bill. Yeah, is, is punctual, uh, is punctual, etc. It's polite. All the things that make a business relationship work. Yeah. There's a third risk that, again, this is looking at it in hindsight, which is a financial risk, and you bear the financial risk. If I don't see you, it's it sucks because I have to go find somebody else. But I'm not, you know, this is not my livelihood, and it's not my job. It is your livelihood. You have a regular customer or a semi-regular customer or someone, you know, that that is a source of uh, a source of revenues, basically a revenue stream. And that person stops. So there's two, you know, there's there's short-term financial loss. That person is not going to show up for next week's session, which you can maybe uh do stopgap. And there's the long-term, you know, this this was a continuous relationship. You could uh, maybe depend on that that money coming in, and that takes you know that allows you to focus on other things. So those those are risks, so but those, those are, are none of I didn't think about any of that right. at the time, and I don't know if you did. Well, so this is this is a good question. I I think that this plays to what happens most of the time, which is that we don't actually think of the risks before we go down the path, and we feel something is potentially. Um, we may feel something's potentially at risk, mm-hmm. but we don't know why. We haven't thought it through. And I, to be perfectly honest, did not make that calculation. I did not think about it. If I could go back, I would. And that's my, my next question to you is if you could go back and redo it, how would you do it differently, if at all? I'll be honest. I wouldn't change anything. Uh, this has worked out for me great. Uh, and I'm not talking about this particular friendship which has worked out great, but just the way the, my, my hit rate on, uh, on, uh, your approach you, works for you. Yeah, it, it works for me. I meet yeah. people, I'm friendly with people, you know, most of the time it works out in the, in the instances where it doesn't work out really, really well. It's not acrimonious. It's usually just like, you know, it turns out that your schedules don't Right, work so, out, and you don't get to see each other very much, and so you're you're acquaintances, but you're not friends. But it, it's rarely does it, you know, does it not work out in a way that you end up thinking like, oh, we're enemies now. I would say that if I could go back, I probably would 
redo something. Not that it hasn't worked out great for me, but I think there's a degree of luck in my mind of how it has turned out. Absolutely. And if I could, if I could go back and and adjust the history of that transition in, in probably that moment when I invited you to have have dinner uh, mm-hmm. alongside me, I probably should have included, and in the future I I would like to include. Uh, an acknowledgement of that transferring from one type of relationship to another. Say, hey, you know, we've had, you know, great discussions in the massage room, but that was a professional relationship. And we're doing something that's kind of more, you know, human to human. It's, mm-hmm. it's we're, we're losing the trappings of this, of this professional relationship. And we're kind of just hanging out as two, two guys. And I want to acknowledge that. And, you know, if this works for you and works for me, that's great. And we can do it again. And if not, that's also okay. And I don't want to, to jeopardize the great thing we have professionally uh, um, just because we're trying this other thing. And I think just by saying that, it actually takes a lot of the pressure off. It just acknowledges, it puts it out there, and we can agree that that this is something we want to do, and it, it makes sense for us to do it. And and then I think also you feel that uh, there is a risk on my side, and we're both aware of that risk. Mm-hmm. And so we, we treat it a little bit more carefully. Yeah, and I, 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 if I could add on there, I think the onus is on you to um, to make that clear because the risk is higher. Yeah, for you. Well, the the financial risk on top of the professional. Yeah, on top of all the other things that you're risking, there's also now this financial risk. And if you're a sole practitioner, um, you know, and a small business person, really, at the end of the day, I mean, that's well, this is significant. There's also a power dynamic in the massage room, right? So, what is this power dynamic of which you speak? I don't think that there's there is a power in that you're looking to the therapist for. Um, their expertise, and so they ask you to do something, and you listen, and you usually okay. follow, right? So right. there is a power dynamic within the within the massage room. So when you have an interaction that, with this person, it's typically professional, and they are typically telling you how things are or, or what to do. It, it, the onus is on the person who is in the powerful position to to make that recognition. So I think to your part, one, yes, the risks are higher, but it's also a part of a professional responsibility to acknowledge it in that moment. Agreed. Agreed. So, so one of the questions I had for you is, does your friendship with me change your professional perception of me? As in like when I go have a beer or complain about my lack of sleep, does that like – First, some small bubble of who you think I am as a professional? Um, that's a good question. Um, in general, I would say no. I have had that happen before, uh, but only once. And it was uh, a couples therapist that we were seeing when things were, were kind of rough between me and the missus before we were me and the missus. Um, and, and then that lady got... Uh, divorced and i thought oh can i even go to you for advice hmm. um but i got over that and i assume that you're a professional and i have had that confirmed for me in my dealings with you you're a consummate professional you know in the massage room you you know you know your business and you are good uh at what you do and um and so i trust you to to do those things, to be that professional. I realize that in having this conversation with you, there is a 
a process that I went through when at becoming friends with you and that I had to reveal who I was as a person and let go of my professional shroud. And there's a fear associated with that and that when I reveal that I am not sleeping that well or I have, uh, you know, habits that are very human that are not what you would expect from a massage professional that you are thinking, ah, oh, this must, person must be the epitome of health. If they're taking good, so good care of me, imagine what they do with themselves. And to let go of that feeling that, oh, these people idolize, they think that I'm this person. And letting that go is actually quite challenging. And, and, it's, and it's something that you have to run the risk that the person who's witnessing it is not going to be... Um, but piggybacking on to an, an earlier thing that we had, talking, uh, had talked about, um, it is part and parcel of the risk of becoming friends with someone, especially, you know, kind of like grown-up friends, where you really do have to give of yourself a little and, ex- and open yourself up, and you become more vulnerable. You just have, uh, because of the, the prior professional nature of the relationship, I think there's more vulnerability there. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I don't like to, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry that I keep coming, kind of coming back to relationships, but I think that the, the analogy is there, which is that, you know, you, you first start dating someone or hanging out with someone and you have this image in your head. This is so-and-so, and they are this, and, you know, they're great, and uh, they're so funny, and they always know the right thing to say. And then once you, you know, that's because in those moments, they are. They are great. They do know the right thing to say. But once you start hanging out with them more and more and more, you know, you are then exposed to their, not just their, their high points, but also their low points, you know, uh, whether it is just, you know, their uh, they're never on time or they, uh, you know, they, they don't like kids or dogs or something, or, you know, they, they are, they are human. They are not perfect. And you have to recon you have to reconcile, uh, you have to reconcile these new facts with the person that you saw before or that you knew before. And hopefully the new facts don't radically alter who that person is. They just add, you know, detail and color and depth to that person, but they don't necessarily change the picture of that person. So the person is still someone you want to be friends with. They're just not someone who, you know, is, is an ideal in your mind. Now they're, they're, they're a normal human being, uh, with whom you have a, uh, you know, some relationship. So who do you, so if we had a takeaway mm-hmm. from this, what would it be this conversation? Uh, if I break it down into, uh, you know, really just bullet points, um, Proceed at your own risk. Be honest with your feelings and your uh, and your and your thoughts. I think, and I think that's valid for any friendship with any person. I think address it early. Yeah, and address it early. Just get it out of the way early. Uh, early in the period where you're thinking about becoming friends, you don't have to walk into, you know, your massage therapist's office, you know, on the first time you ever meet and be like, "Look, I just want you to know." I'm never friends with my massage therapist. Then you just sound like a crazy person. Right. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Get it out of the way early. But, yeah, I mean, just be, be upfront. I think being upfront is it's the key, you know. Um, and be upfront with the risk, too, you know. I think that's right. I think that's right. Is, is the more out in the open you can make things and the earlier you can do it, 
the better chance it has at surviving if it if it for whatever reason it doesn't work out the way you want Absolutely. it to. Absolutely. We're all talking if it works out the way you want it to, there's no problem, right? It, it's everything's hunky dory. It's when things don't work out that um, you want to protect yourself as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so proceed at your own risk. Know that there's a risk. Measure that risk. Can I? Am I okay going after this friendship if it means I lose this person as a client? And then have the have discussion. Have the discussion with them and, and be as brutally honest with, with them as you are with yourself. Yep. All of that can be done with delicacy and tact so that you're not behaving like a boor um, and, and you're not hurting people's feelings. You know, for example, when, when the friendship is coming at you from that person, you know, you can explain to them. You can say, look, I, it's not my policy typically to to become friends uh, with my clients, not because I don't think you're cool, but, uh, you know, it just complicates things. You know, like I said, people are coming to you for a professional service. Yeah. The same way they come to an attorney, the same way they come to anybody, you know, uh, that that has a skill set that they need that they don't have or they can't do for themselves for any particular reason. All right. Thank you so much, Muhammad. I really appreciate having the conversation. You're welcome. I, uh, I hope that... This podcast hasn't ruined our friendship. Well, uh, the jury's out on that. I've, oh. I've learned a lot of things. A lot of things I was... Weren't we just talking about being brutally honest yeah, with each other? I, we'll, let's take that one offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Take care. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go ahead and review it on iTunes. And if you have any questions that you had wished I had asked or topics you want me to cover in the future, please visit the website at www.housethepressure.com where you can send me an email and hopefully I can include it. Until next time, be good and be well.